Welcome to Born to Lead, the podcast that explores a man's journey to self-actualization. I am your host, LT Born, and on this podcast, me and my guests discuss childhood experiences, failures, relationships, traumas, and all the adversities they encounter while achieving the best versions of themselves. I have with me Lee Ingram, the founder of Kunk, one of the hottest brands in the Turks and Caicos Islands. Now, I I had to do some research on Kunk, and I was blown away by the motto, and I'm going to read it on the radio today. The motto is, believe in your brand. Remember that a brand is born inside of you. I love that part. It's the thought that starts a revolution and the motivator that makes a vision come to life. Lee, I'm going to give you an opportunity now to introduce yourself to Radioland. Okay, perfect. Good morning, Charles and Caicos. Um, first, I would like to say thank you, Leo, for having me on this platform. I think it's our second interview. time interviewing yeah, yeah. together, so yes. I, I definitely appreciate it. I was actually um, amazed that you called on me. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> like I say, it has definitely been a while. Uh-huh. Um, myself, if persons always ask me to you know, kind of give a definition of myself, I would say I'm just a simple person right. who loves to do marketing, especially. Um, I come from a family of five um, out of Grand Turk. I did my college in Jamaica, studied, strangely enough, hospitality, hotel and resort management. Interesting. Yeah, so actually, I, I'm actually supposed to be at work in a hotel right now. Right. <laughs> if I can continue on that path. Um, I did my, my first job was actually at Beaches, at Beaches Resort. Mm-hmm. Um, and housekeeping, I'm actually a, a love of, of housekeeping. I still think it's one of the most underrated departments in the hotel. Right. Because to get up every day and to clean back in those days, it was 14 rooms mm. and not complain. So shout out to all my housekeeping ladies. Right. <laughs> um, and from there, I did a career change. I moved over to the tourist board. Strange enough, again, I ended back up in inspections. I was a senior quality control officer. Mm-hmm technically in, in charge of inspecting hotels and villas across uh, the island. Um, did that for a while and decided one of the career change because you know, after seeing one room, you've technically seen them all. Right. You know, and from there, I actually got an opportunity to work with um, the Island Con Wireless. So I think that's where I really, I got the, 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 the marketing bug from before and I always have to give a shout out to um, Donna Gardner from Keiko's team and Onika simon Shriki from KR Logistics because those are the ones who kind of, they would bring me into meetings for marketing right. and kind of gave me that little insight of, hey, you could do this or how exciting it is. You would say you had an eye for marketing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And they kind of really pushed me in and kind of like opened up my eye. But when I got into IslandCom with the help of my the now business partner for outside the box advertising, Chandra Craig, it kind of blew my mind. Like, I really enjoy doing this because mm-hmm. some things like a person who does um, masonry, it just comes natural to right, me. Right. I saw my biggest problem is I cannot shut my mind off. Uh-huh. Like it's going like 24-7 every day nonstop, right. you know? And that's where we are now. Like here now, I, I have Conquer Apparel. 
which is the clothing brand. I also have outside the box advertising, which is the marketing brand. Okay. And just trying to work both of them at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think with with Kong, like as you know, Kong first started as six four nine threads, and with six and six four nine threads, it just started out of the, I guess, the need for representation because at that time I was in fresh out of college. I had like the biggest Bob Marley shirt collection because every time I could see a Bob Marley shirt, I had to have it. And one summer I came home, I was like, you know, I see everybody walking around, every nationality walking around with something to represent their country, but there's nothing with us. Mm. You know, so I kind of thought about it and, you know, did some of those sketches. I wasn't the best at designing back then. And I had an idea. I was like, you know what, let me make some calls and try try something i think my very first shirt very very first shirt if somebody has it right now it's a collector's item was a jace mccartney shirt so actually that's how my my foray into the clothing and design business started with a jace mccartney shirt and it went on from there to shirts with like you know local sayings no fun stuff you know um it was a good business i think for more so for the representation but i had to take a step back and reevaluate because I had to realize that with the business, the sharp business, our local market is very, 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 very small. Right. So right. technically I wasn't able to make a profit. I was actually putting more into it because the thing about out. it, yeah, because realistically if somebody purchases a shirt from you once or twice, that's maybe the limit, you know? Right. I mean, you have your diehard supporters who will do it every time you drop something, but I had like boxes and boxes of stuff under my bed that I just can't sell, you know? So I had to take a step back and kind of reevaluate how, figure out a way to come up with a brand that locals as well as businesses of our country can relate to. Right. And I know my daughter, she hates hearing me talk this story, but <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday, we were at home, it was, uh, it was raining and I was to my just sketching, I always started with a sketch for us, playing around with words and playing around with designs. And I remember one day going to, going to the Kung Shack and the lady was like, um, what type of Kungsh you have, you know? Mm. And the nurse was like, no, we call it Kunk. You know what they call it Kungsh, you yeah. know? And I was like, it's like, that's it. Boom. That's it. It's a word born. that, yeah, it's, it's a word that we, 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 we recognize and tourists can recognize, eh? Mm-hmm. So it started out as just a just a word. I played around with the the shell design first. Secondly, and then I kind of it went to like maybe five or different, maybe six different iterations before I actually came up with the actual design. Um, the, the 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 best part about it when I first started it was with I think one hundred and fifty dollars actually. One hundred and fifty. I got some shirts. My models were like free. They were like nieces and nephews. And shout out to again to uh, Reno Dessen because he did my photo shoot for me for like like nothing. Right. So he Reno did my my very first photo shoot. And I was like, let me just test the market and you know see what happens. I, I wasn't expecting anything to happen. I was like, you know, you know. But when I placed it on social media, and I saw the responses like this may be something. Yeah. You know? So my second thing, I had to actually go and such a run for like a store, you know, to kind of get some, you know. I went into Grace Bay. I approached a lot of a lot of stores. I got a lot of news. 
some news without even explanation or a callback. Right. But uh, one day I went to same Blue Star shop where I'm still sold at right now. Spoke to now Philip, Philip Shira, and I kind of gave him an idea of what I want to do. He was like, okay, just bring some stuff to do consignment. Just bring some shirts, bring some hats. If it sells, we'll do it again. If it keeps selling, then we, you can become like a regular, regular vendor. Mm-hmm. So to my surprise, the first set sold. I was like, okay, really? You know, second set sold and it just keep going until I was like, you know what, you need to probably make, make a, become a vendor. Mm-hmm. And then I think when that started, I started looking into different ways of promoting the, the brand because so funny, when I first started, there, there wasn't any like template for me locally to, to kind of follow. Right, I you was, had to create your own template. Yeah, it was yeah. the path that I wasn't really sure but what I had to, I had to follow like I follow like brands in like Hawaii, um, Billabong, Recurl to see what they were doing because they, right. they were like international. So I kind of molded myself after them in the direction they were following. But I know for me to really get it going, I had to really like kick it when it comes to social media. So that's when the whole idea of using um, Jason, Justin, Devonio, and Nate from JFC crew and Grand Truck came in. Right. I just saw them on Facebook. I was like. And just send a message. Can you tell the audience who are these guys? Jason, Justin, Davino, these are the guys from JFC Crew. If you look on my Insta or Facebook, all those cool videos you see with the the parkour, what they call flipping acrobatics. Flipping, yeah. Those are my guys. And I always tell them if the day come and I ever sign that Billabong deal, right. they get a big check. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I owe those guys a lot. They they put uh a different face to mm-hmm. the brand, and, and they exposed me to a to a wider audience. And the videos are up to this day. We've never done one for a while now, but they're still some of my my top viewed posts on Instagram. Yes. But I said that to say this: a lot of things that I've done to start it was based upon um, asking um, relationships, and just a lot of people do business with you a lot of times not because of what you have is because of who you are. Who you are, yeah. And they, if 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 they see that hey, you're genuine, you really try to do something, they will look at you and say, let's try something. And if it works out, you keep doing it. You know, you keep doing it until it comes to the point that hey, we have to do some more. Hey, cut your check. This is that, and and you keep it going, eh? Right. You know? Lee, you, we, uh, so would you say you are the founder or one of the founders of clothing brands in the Turks and Caicos Islands? Based on your story, um, one of the pioneers. One yeah, of them. I right. I guess if you look at it like that, I would say that I don't like to. The thing someone told me one day was that you know, Lee, sometimes you need to look on the outside and see how you're viewed and the brand is viewed. Me personally, I think I'm still the same guy who's trying to sell two shirts because mm-hmm. I don't try right. to get too involved in the in the hype. Right. Because for me. I, I'm I'm always on the you you maintain a sense of humility. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm always like constant struggle for the next big design, the next big thing that will actually take me to that the big level, you know. Right. So I, I I've never had time to really sit back and be like, man, there's some good stuff, eh? You know? Right. Yeah. So it's more of a thing of me trying to just I'm. I, it's like it's almost like a drug because right. every time I do something that I think is super super awesome, I have to like go back like okay I need something bigger than that bigger than that right. now because 
you know and i i think kobe called it a curse the curse of greatness where you where you you perfect one area but then you find flaws in others and you're like you know what exactly. even though people are calling me one of the greatest shooters of all time there's still another level yeah, i can you, get because to. you you never you never see it. you only see what went wrong or what is wrong right so you never take time to sit back and be like you know this is some good stuff right. you know i have one or two moments where i like i kind of but it's like 10 seconds i'm like okay next <laughs> you know so i try not to get into the hype if right that makes sense right yeah what what is the vision for for kong long term yeah, long term it's been a long road um mm. took a lot of losses mm-hmm. but it it has been a learning curve. Um, I think with any business, I mean, to be honest, I've had quite a few persons interested in investing. I'm not going to even lie. I, I you know, I, and I, I technically turned on all of them. Mm. And I think for me, it's, it's like having a baby. You know, it's, it's, it's the... And I, when I, whenever I do reach a point where I really want to do that, I want to be comfortable. Is at a level that I feel, like, you know what? This is a level now. Where I'm comfortable now. This is definitely its own thing. It can go, it can be international. It can be regional. Right. And I'm happy where it is right now. At, at the time when these these offers were made, I was I was still trying to figure out the brand itself. Right. You know, but now I'm in a, in a more comfortable space where I kind of know what the brand is now. I kind of know where I want to go. I kind of know the the aesthetic and the feel of like if I want a hat, if I want to do shirts, I want to do whatever. I kind of let's put it. If you had given me a hundred grand, like maybe ten years ago, I'd have messed it up. Yeah, give it to me. No, right. We can kill it, man. <laughs> How did you? Because most entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, <laughs> when they when they get those monetary opportunities, they capitalize on it. How did you maintain that discipline to look beyond the money? It, it's a feeling. Yeah. Sometimes persons approach you and your gut be like, that gut feeling. You know, you yeah. think about it, you go home, you you know, you process it, you know, you you pray about it, and you're like, eh, you know what? Someone telling me it's not time right now. Right. So you know, I just kind of hold steady. You know, it's it's, it's the long run. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't, if I have any love for it, as for that, Congo probably being dead like maybe about two three years in the game. Because when I first started, it was, you know, I just get, you know, I make a profit, I put it back, I put some actions out of it just to keep it going. I always tell people, never watch social media. Right. Social media is always pretty. Mm. It's one of the best pictures, the best videos. Yeah. But when I'm up two, three, four o'clock in the morning working on designs, or if I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to bring in these um, hats, or how I'm going to get these things so nobody is. Nobody yeah, knows, yeah. you know. They only see the amp product, the amp product, you yeah. know, which is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. But it's it's because I've had so much persons approaching me about starting a t-shirt brand, like a lot. Um, majority of them, I mean, if you come to me right now and you say you want to start a t-shirt brand, and if I say you're serious, I'm going to sit down with you and we can have a conversation. Yeah, you're going to share the knowledge. Yes, of course, because yeah. I know how it was when I first started. There was nobody never want to tell me nothing. I remember going. And and um and Grace Bay and around and going to shop owners and ask them just give me a link to buy some shirts wholesale, and it was like, like um Area 51 secret. <laughs> Nobody <Right. laughs> would tell me anything. 
And I, I, I got discouraged. I was like, yeah. why is it so, so I had to go home, pull out my computer on my tablet and type out, send. And if I had a dollar for every email I've sent out since I started, I'd probably be, you know, a, a million, a billion, you know, right. you know? But I have to go, I've, I've got done stuff. I've gotten some products that are, the quality wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. I've gotten some stuff. A lot of are, trial and error. Man, yeah. a lot of trial and error. Like I said, I will sit down with you and I will give you, the first thing I would always tell you, if you're not serious, don't get into business. Don't mm-hmm. look at, oh, can, you might become a little popular, you might sell a couple of shirts and it might be the best thing, but no, it's not, it, it's, it's for the long run. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you everything. I'm not going to tell you my suppliers and why. I'll be crazy, you know? Right, right. I'll give you the basic foundation to get yourself going because I believe that you should share. Mm-hmm. And I always tell anyone, if I tell you, if I help you, well, I don't want nothing in return. I don't even want, you know, something to buy. Just how about somebody pay it forward? Yes. And I, I honestly believe in paying it forward. You do things that are kind of hard mm-hmm. and it might not come back to you, but it's going to come back to your kids because I've, I've lived to watch my parents do things to people. They didn't come back to them, but they're like, oh, you, I know your mom, you know, your mom do this thing for me one time and I'm going to take care of you. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny. What what role did your family play in the creation of Conk? Uh, I think it's more of a, it's in terms of support and encouragement uh-huh. and and some modeling, <laughs> some from free and free labor when it comes to um, folding and, and tagging. And, <laughs> yeah. When it comes to when I did like outdoor sales a lot, outdoor sales, I would let my kids do that because I got tired of that after a while. So, hey, these are the prices. You collect money, you sell, you beg. Right. <laughs> you know? So, so you beg. <laughs> yeah, I pay them with electricity <laughs> and food. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it, but it, it gave them a sense of owning something also. Yeah. Responsibility it's, too. Yeah. You yeah. start them from young. So, they, they, enjoy a good idea and talking to people and you know they and you know so fun is like i remember my daughter came to me one day and she's like that can you share the audience then the name of, of oh yes the children? yeah uh, my eldest um zario um ingham then we have jada and my son darion darion yeah. yeah everybody's a teenager now yeah yeah <laughs> so um but they they enjoy they enjoy doing it and i i think like now zaria's in school and, and university now, and she's doing um, uh, communications and PR. You probably molded that into her. It was so so funny. She she called me the other night, and um, she was like, "Oh, Dad, I just did this design because oh. my group wants me to help them in marketing." I was like, "Oh, wow, it's very it's just weird, circle, like, you know." Yeah. So she's studying for communications and PR, but she might have to be doing something in marketing. I mean, you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. But it's, it's, it's good that she can call me. It's like, okay, this is nice, Zaria, but you got to put a little more spice on it at all. You know, right? A little more touches. Right, you're, you're mentoring her now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, and I've and I've seen um, with your children too. They've 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 excelled in so many areas, uh, and I, I I believe that's due to them seeing how hard you work. Mm-hmm. Lee, did how did you take that leap into entrepreneurship? Or how how did you? find the courage to do that um honestly i got tired of working nine to five uh-huh <laughs> to be honest <laughs> no i honestly right, i think it? i think for me my gift in my curse my gift in my curse is my my overactive mind mm-hmm. 
And like I say, it's hard for me to turn my mind off to my detriment because I, I, I kind of anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. but I think me being working in certain in different organizations, like I said, my, especially if like my mind isn't being stimulated or I can't express my, my thoughts and stuff, you know, but I think when I went to Alicom and Alicom, I think really nurtured the whole love for marketing in me. Right. I, I love Alicom and if, if, if if it wasn't bought, I probably would still be there. No, yeah, right. The thing what I enjoyed about Alencom was that everything that we did, we had to do from from scratch. Mm-hmm. So any plan you see, any promotion, when I say from scratch, from the name of the promotion to products to tagline to design, we had to do every single thing from scratch. Now, at first, I hated, right? Because like it's too much work, man. Like you know, you're trying to kill somebody, but. When I really got into it, I appreciate it not because it kind of molded me more into the process, the process of getting yeah. in, in, into marketing. And when, when um, it's so funny, man. When Island Com was bought, I remember like yesterday, I was home at my table, and I had two job offers in front of me for marketing manager, and I declined both. And I was like, you know what? I, I can go here. I know I can do the job, and I know I can, I can, I can rock it. But I'm just tired. I'm, done. I'm tired of the, the the rut, the nine to five, the twenty meetings a day. Yeah. The, I mean, the thing about it is, I'm not knocking because it's not for everybody. Yeah. Some people they thrive in that environment. For me, I I I can, but I I, I came to a point where it just wasn't working for me no more. And how how old were you when you decided that okay the nine to five wasn't for you no more? And I was maybe thirty four. Okay, so you took that leap at a very young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what was your strategy to get out of the the job yeah, market? <laughs> My strategy wasn't planned well enough. <laughs> Honestly, because okay, I had these um, delusions of, of grandeur. Uh-huh. I got out because I was like, okay, I have Kong, I'm gonna get out um, some of the funds I get from my from from my, my servants. I'm gonna buy a bunch of stuff and I'm gonna put my website up and I'm gonna sell a hundred shirts in one day and start this marketing venture and I'm gonna get like fifty contracts and yeah, but reality reality set in very 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 fast. Mm-hmm. I had those shirts at um the people who do my printing for me in Florida for almost six months, and I think I sold one shirt online. Wow. One shirt. Um, marketing wise, it was tough because we only had we only got one contract, and that was and I can shout out my good friend Malika because she gave us. Our first chance at those at um, Kalukis, and that was only like I think it was a small contract because it's only like social media management. That was like $150. So you take $150, you divide that by two people. Yeah, yeah. So it was rough. <laughs> Trust me. Rough out of the game. Many nights I sat back and was like, man, what did I do? Like, it was just the you know. I said, you know what? I can't look at it now. I just have to keep pushing. So instead of just kind of folding, I kind of just put the energy into kind of making things a bit better and more focusing more on the brand, focusing more on getting into getting more clients and getting and you know, it, it, it was tough. And when when did you when did you see things start to turn around for you in that process? Um, maybe 
a year and a half, two years later. Two years later. Yeah, because you stuck through that for two years. Man, it, it's, it's a long run. That's why I say being wow. an entrepreneur is not for if you're comfortable with a, a monthly salary. Because I was at one point, I was like, I will never leave my job, because that, that's that's security. It's a blanket that you know mm-hmm. you're getting that. But you have to take a you have to take a risk. No risk, no reward. You know. But when we finally got, especially with the marketing aspect, because one thing about us, we never really did any hard promotion in terms of um, ads or radio commercials or TV. It was just based upon our work. So it's like, I do a job for you. Like, hey, this guy did a good job for me. You recommend it to a friend and then a friend and a friend it's a lot and a friend. more and organic. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very organic. And, and I, I prefer it like that because you get... They, when you get your clients, you know you did love your work, and they, they're easy, easy, more easy to recommend you for for a job. You know, right. I mean, not gonna lie, we have some clients who we were like, sorry, we took this client, but it's <laughs> always a learning yeah. process. Of course. And I, um, what I've learned is that, not you don't want every job. Yeah. Like I've been on um, meetings where you know we do with clients, and they give you they tell you some unrealistic expectations that somebody else promised them. Or they give you these goals that you know, listen, you can't achieve them, you know? Or they're just difficult. Yeah. The money may be really good. Really good, but yeah. I was like, you know what? A peace of mind is better than any paycheck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. Yeah. What, what was your, your biggest challenge you had to overcome through that process? What was the biggest challenge? Um, honestly, the, the fear and the doubt of failing. Because remember, I, I, I did that, but. If I was, if they have responsibilities, having kids and being married, it'd be easy. Right. But I have to still pay bills. Mm-hmm. Kids have to go to school. Everything has to go on like normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I can say thank Honest. God that it went normal. I mean, there was no disruptions to life. Life still mm-hmm. went on is the, the right way. Everybody's eating, bills are paid, and it happened. I mean, it's it, it's, a, it's a gradual thing. Now we're in a spot where I'm comfortable. I have to worry about. Oh, man, it's in a month. What does that mean? Mortgage, light bill, yeah. TV bill, whatever bill, right. <laughs> everything. Right. And but, it, but it took how, how long did it take to reach that comfort level? Man, like I say, the two years again, we, we were good. You, two years in the yeah. game, you were Because good. the thing about it is that Terrace and Giggles is red flags. It's a small market. Uh-huh. So I don't have like um, a trail a bunch of clients looking for work at one time or... Yeah. Like I said, a bunch of people want to buy hats one time, and especially with the pandemic, I mean, it's like we lost quite a few clients for marketing rise during the pandemic, which yeah. was understandable because you're not going to be promoting anything. Everybody's trying to cut costs. Yeah, of course. Cut stuff. So you, I think the big, the biggest lesson to learn when your business is also not to take anything too personal. Yeah, it's right. It's only business. Business, right? Because I remember. My, my, my partner will laugh. The first contract that we lost, that thing had me sick, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I got a, I, and I got a, a WhatsApp and it's like, to me, it was, it was so cold. Mm-hmm. And I was, I had, a, I had to go home and sit down. I was like, but why? I thought that it was cool. And mm-hmm. when I called one of my friends, I mean, you gotta realize it's not personal. It's, it's, it's the it's business, business world. Yeah. And it took me a while to accept that. Yeah. You know, like now if a client call and say, you know what, guys, um, this is going on, we need to scale back. Hey, it's fine, but hey, if you ever need anything else, just give us a call. Right. Yeah. 
have to assist. Right. You have to take your emotions. Yeah, out you have you have to separate. If you have to separate because if, if you don't, you'll be stressed 24, 24 hours a day. You know. Right. I want to share with you some responses I received from my question of the week that I posted on Facebook earlier this week. I asked my audience, what was the best advice an elder gave to you and your youth? And here are some of the responses I received. Kaitana Robinson said, don't take people's kindness for weakness. Carlene Glinton said, manners and respect carry you through the world. Cordell Campbell Forbes and Miss Cordell, I just want to congratulate you also on your recent promotion. Well deserved. She said that we must trust in the Lord. She received the advice she received is that you must trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways. Acknowledge God. Jared Williams said, Hothead birds don't cook good soup. <laughs> LVG said, Fools' names and fools' faces are always found in public places. Um, Lee, uh, do you, are you familiar with this one? I, I, I couldn't quite, quite understand what that, what that meant. Uh, maybe you, you... Which one is it again? He said, fools' names and fools' faces are always found in public places. You, you... Can I not comment? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to understand this one. I couldn't... Okay, I guess we'll brush over that. Elry, you will have to explain this one to us when you see us. Richard Stop said that don't presume you can walk in another man's shoes. His shoes are fit for his feet alone after years of wearing them. Likewise, yours are fit for your feet alone. My, my dad used to tell me that. And Richard said the meaning of this is that the man that a, the road that a man walked shaped his shoes to his feet. We can both walk the same road but everyone walks in a different walk. Don't try to be the judge. Ms. Sinclair Mushgrove said the revised series as a as a youth was, don't follow fashion, make your own choices, dare to be different. Lashonda Skippins said that, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Interesting, very interesting. Um, I believe this is your business part partner, Sandra Craig. Yeah, she said that always save your money, even if it's $20 from your paycheck. Save your money. And the last comment I, I will read is from William McFord over there in the Bahamas. He said that only a fool doesn't learn from, his, from the mistakes of others. Lee, after hearing all of this, mm -hmm. what, 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 was the best advice you received in your youth from an elder growing up? This one may sound funny, but this one goes all the way back to primary school, <laughs> grade six, mistress Helena Durham. And she'd always say, empty vessels make the most noise. Oh, geez. <laughs> so true. So, so true. <laughs> Lee, you, you've done a phenomenal job with parenting, I, Zaria has accomplished a lot. Appreciate it. Um, I believe you have a recent daughter who became Valor Victoria. Right. It seems you have a formula for success when it comes to parenting. I, I, I want you to share with the audience um, your parenting style and how you're raising the new generation of Turks and Caicos Islanders. And excellence, by the way. 
appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's so much of a, a formula. I think the main thing is has always been communication. Right. Um, I remember with um Zario when she was probably like three years old, and her sister was like maybe just going on a couple of months. I remember seeing them both down on the sofa. I remember having a conversation with them, like in like a big grown adult conversation. I just remember her with her hands on my laughing, smiling, and us just like this. <laughs> and I always say, listen, I'm going to talk to you guys when young. I said, you may not understand what I'm saying right now. I said, but when you get a little bit older, you all will appreciate, you'll appreciate it. You know, you know I am a time going out with them, times when just kind of records, they'll be running around, they can't sit down to the table properly, you got to fight with them. Now to be able to go out with them and have like, Conversations like grown adult conversations, you know. Right. And you know, honestly, I, I, let me. Just, I have to give a shout out to, to my to to my kids because, like I said, Zaria, Jada, and and Darian, they're they're excellent kids. I mean, they they have their moments, like like all children. Yeah, of know? course. And I was telling them one day, I, I think I posted on on Facebook. I said, you guys realize that each one of you, when you came out of school, you guys were like super excellent, you know, and each of you guys achieved a. Uh, a credit in GSET. You know, Zario had second place in the country for English language. Jada had first in the country for English language, and Darren had third for social studies. You know, and I say that is a that's a big thing. You know, so I say you, you only notice these things like after the fact. You know, but I think it's a lot of communication, <clears throat> a lot of um, bending the tree while it's young. I have to do a lot of bending. Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you yes. know, I, I, I think it's more of an old school style because I grew up in a time where, you know, your aunts, cousins, uncles could discipline you. Mm-hmm. And my mommy would always say, Mom, like yesterday, anytime me and her leave our house together, she would say, Don't go act like you and you still not know. Mm-hmm. Or if we go somewhere, she'd be like, I'm going to neighbor's house and I can't even talk. <laughs> I'll go inside the house, sit down on the sofa. But when when they're ready to talk, be people things, they let me go. Right, of <laughs> you know? So there's the whole thing of little children should be seen or heard. Yes. And anytime someone who speaks to you would be yes sir, yes ma'am. So there's yes. always that level of respect. Yes. So that's the thing I try to instill in my kids also. And try even leave the house. Like we don't I I listen to music in the house, but I don't listen to anything with any any profanity in some of it. Mm-hmm. Like all my kids have a deep appreciation for nineties music. So mm-hmm. in our house we're always playing like from AVD, Soul to Soul, from they, they, they know everything. So wow. that's the type of music they came up with. Old school, not, not, not that old school, but old school also. Yes. So my thing is let children be children. Yeah. Because when it's time for them to be an adult, this is a whole, nobody likes being an adult. It's, it's no fun. Yeah. I, I told some of my kids, you think this is, this is fun? This when you become an adult, there's responsibility, bills, yeah. expectations. That's the only thing I expect you all to do. Go to school, do your work, and don't go out in public and embarrass me and your mom. So, <laughs> so the, the thing is, too, is you, you allow them to be themselves. Yeah, and that's because it's three, dealing with three different personalities. Yeah. So I can treat Zarya like I treat Jay, like I treat Darian. It's three different persons. I could, I got a conversation with them different. Some yeah. may be a little bit more touchy, some may be a little bit more headstrong. So it's like three, it's like, it's three different individuals, eh? Right. And giving them the, the room to be themselves. Right. It's in terms of, hey, I see you. I'm not going to force you to do accounts if I see you don't like accounts. Mm-hmm. No, you go into the area that you enjoy. Zaria, she's always been a, a personal child who 
always enjoy talking. You probably got it from her mom, I think. <laughs> you know, she always enjoy talking. She always like whenever something happens, she'd be first person on stage with the mic in her hand. Uh-huh. Jada has always been a cook. Like she is a really good cook. You know, like to the point now, I get gourmet meals. Oh, you know. Okay. I still wait for my beef Wellington, Jada. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 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 Darren, he. He has just started coming to himself. Before he was just a little boy, and he want to jump around, flip around, and play video games. Boys will be boys. Yeah, that's what he want to do. Yeah. Now he woke up one morning and he wants to play basketball. Mm. So now I have to find myself waking up for I mean five o'clock in the morning, five in the morning to take him to the basketball court to um do to, to get lessons and, and play. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's giving them the room to and and almost especially not comparing them to each other. Right. Because I think that's one thing that my kids had was like the stigma, like, hey, Zara, you were excellent, so Jada, the precious one, you know. Right. And then Darren, the precious one, he'd be like his sisters. But right. Zara had to start out, um, and she had to set the, the mold, and she had a pressure because she had to try to be the big sister, and everybody followed my footsteps, see? Eh? Yeah. So it was always, I always told my kids, I don't expect you to go on a test and do perfect. You just go and you do, and once you be pure, you do the best that you can do. And and your best is good enough for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kill you for if you fail. If you, I'm an adult, and I still fail. Yes. You know it's not the empty world. Yes. If you, if you fail, come back, look at it a different way, and you yes. go back and you and try you again. Try again. You know. They, they they I can see that they they are, they have tremendous amount of support from their fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, from their father. Yeah, and and they, well, it's 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 a two person job in right. the mother because and I have to give. The mom, um, Desi, I mean, possibly because I am just one part of the creation. Right. And I think with, with her, her role, and I think that one of the most important roles that she, that she played was instilling a sense of of God, relationship. Right. Kind of relationship with, with God and Christ. She is the one who... Faith. Who, yes, who right. established and put that into them. Right. You know, and she has always been a leader when it comes to that in them. And, and they're to the point now where they're... My son... Wakes up in the morning, first time he reads his Bible. And Midday, read his Bible. Last time before he goes to sleep, read his Bible. Bible. Yeah. In church, he he on the pulpit now reading. He he was he's always been a reader. That that's his thing, eh? And it's like it's the same person, the same boy. Like right. when this happened, right. you know. But well, I, I I'm confident in them now to say that they they have a relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know, but she was the one who who developed and cultivated that with them. You know, so so it's a. It's, it's, a, it's a two-way street. It's, right. a, it's a two-person job. Uh, how, how have you supported her and, and, and parenting her, your wife? Oh, uh, I stay out of the way. Right, okay. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. So, it's like you, like I say, when you, when you find yourself in a situation where you're not maybe the strongest, right. you try to push that person in, this, in the same area. Mm-hmm. But I think, I always say, man, with, with kids, me personally, I always wanted kids. Mm-hmm. I remember being like a little buzzer, man, I can't wait to have a child, man. I know why, I just want to have kids. Yeah. And it's, it's, it definitely is a blessing. And I was having, like, I was so my children, I miss you guys being children. Because yeah. it's a sad part now, because I don't get no more, no more dad hugs. <laughs> no more dad kisses. <laughs> you know those days when you were taken to, when they were like in um, um, kindergarten and, and um, yeah, primary school, when you go pick them up, daddy, hugs, kisses. So apparently now I'm not the cool dad. I can't get to know TikToks with me. I can't. <laughs> I think I'm not even supposed to go on TikTok right now. <laughs> Guys, please get your father on TikTok, okay? No, I, I know that they they think I'm non-cool dad like that. You know, <laughs> you know, but 
it's still that thing of trying to have that relationship with them. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be cool forever, you know? Mm-hmm. When I tell them that there's like a new trend going, I say, hey, I know this, I do this, and it's like, that, that no. Oh. <laughs> I'm public, please. <laughs> Don't embarrass me. But I live for those moments, dude, to embarrass them. There's something that says that the parent teaches and then the parent also becomes the student. Mm-hmm. What has been the the la, the, the la, uh, a lesson that this new generation has taught you or, or some of the lessons? I think the main thing is just to, well, patience for sure, but yeah. I think just to be, it, it has to communication because having, being able to talk to them, you'd be surprised to know what children know these days, man. It's like, right. we, we, I think we take it for granted. Right. Especially with the boom in social media, children know, like, what I knew back in that ago, too, um, Victoria Public Library and, and get a book, and hope, hopefully it was there, you know? Now, you just press a button and it's there, you know? Right. I remember, like, I remember I had, had the, the quote-unquote talk with my son. He's getting a bit older than I, noticing changes, and, you know? And when we sat down at that table and talked, I was like, man, I... I, I I caught you just just in time, <laughs> you know? And I had to tell him, I said, listen, I know this conversation may be a little bit uncomfortable for you. I say it's not the, you know, it's for me also. I said, but what I want you to know is that if you have any questions, feel free to come and talk to me. Yeah. I'm here to, 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 to advise you. I say, I've been in three trenches. I get some advice. So your daddy being there and he done that, you know what I mean? Just feel comfortable coming and talk to me about anything, you know? Me. What has been the biggest obstacle in, in parenting that you had to overcome over the years? Time. Yeah. Time, man, is, like I said, you're dealing with three different personalities. So you have to, you have to and with children, you can never spend enough time. Because to them, every, you know, they, everybody wants equal, equal time. Right. So, I mean, sometimes you come home and you really don't feel like it. it's like you're super tired, you just want to lay down and, you look and you give little puppy dog eyes like yeah. that. Like, oh man, like, okay, give me. <laughs> give me to that. And it's, it's so funny because like I say, with, with kids like, like my, my second daughter, daughter Jada, and she, I know she ate this story, but it's just so funny. <laughs> when she first had to cook, I mean, like yesterday I was in the bed laying down, she's like, dad, I'm gonna make breakfast. I'm like, hey, go ahead, I'm both dead. She went in and she did some eggs, I think some sausage and stuff. And then she brought the egg to me Big puppy dog eyes. Oh. I sit on you. And I took one bite of the egg. Man, my blood pressure went up. The amount of salt and eggshell inside <laughs> that egg. And I had to sit down there and I was like, baby, bring daddy warm. Be cup water, please. <laughs> Be cup water. And she sat down there and she watched me eat that whole egg. And I said, man, I, I had to eat it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You didn't criticize it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I didn't. I mean, like a day after, so you, when you season it, remember, just. Yeah, yeah. You gave it time. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's like, stop that. You, it, they, want, they want time, I mean. Uh-huh. But I said, an equal time. You know, so funny. That way, so people, when you have kids, kids just want to see you. Right. I mean, I remember the model of. Um, when it comes to plays, um, school shows, talent shows, so much, it kind of even keep going. But you see the difference in a child's face when even if you just leave up for work and you just peep in for one second, you just look and you just wave to them. Yeah. And their whole expression has changed. 
because they want to see that they doing that for you. Right. You know, it it's a game changer. Yeah. Because if you if you if you think about it, they do it because they want to make they want to see a smile on your face. Of when course. they have a play, they want to see you like front and center. You know, you got to be there. Just saying, you know, go ahead, go ahead. Right. Not, you, and you have to encourage them. Children, you have to encourage them. Talking to them is one thing, but always push them. Like I say, encouragement. I yeah. know you may be feeling down. You didn't get the grade that you wanted. To, you want to get. Listen, just go back, start over again, and 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 it'll walk a bit harder, and, and you're going to get it. You know. Right. And I think putting those things, I mean, together with with um, just just, just being there for them, man. Yeah. Like my, my my daughter calls me randomly. Hey, dad, just you know, I still here or just for advice, you know. <laughs> yeah. My second daughter, whenever she wants to do something, hey, Dad, can I go by with my son? And I, I'm happy that, that they can do that for me because my yeah, thing is... They have that level of comfort, too. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, and this is why I say it's so important, being a parent. My father passed away about two years now. And, and and I think nobody can imagine losing your father. Because, yeah. you know, it's your father. You, we think our parents going to live forever. Yeah. You know, they're like immortal, you know. But when my, my, my father... Got to a, a, a place that he was he was really not doing doing well. He didn't have to worry, cause me and my brother and sister were there. We would go there, be there 24 hours a day, and we would and and you know trying to say Andy, that's what you want. When you get older, you want your kids to be able to take care of you, right? And not because they have to or they feel no, they take because they that's my father, my yeah. mother. I loved him. They took me. I from, saw the sacrifices. Know? I saw the love. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to to be in a situation where they do the same for you. Yeah. You say once a man, twice a child. What were some of the tra- traditions and lessons that your father passed on to you? Oh, with my my father, I would say my parents were. I always say they grew up in a time where parenting was different. Yeah, of course. My father was the disciplinary. Yeah. He was the one who go out and he paid the bills, and he was the one who he set the, the standards. My mom was the one who would they say stay at home mom. She she worked at the hospital, uh-huh. but she was the the homemaker, uh-huh. you know. But one thing about my dad, I would say my dad was a very industrious person, very very industrious. He always had like about and the thing about it, I think that's where men, mentally where I get it from because he was always doing something. He could never sit down. Right. Always active. Always. Yeah. Three, four, five things going on one time. But one thing that I did appreciate with that he did was he always he encouraged he encouraged reading. Like my growing up, my room was always full of um, popular mechanics magazines, National Ge- National Ge- National Geographic magazines. Mm-hmm. So when I was growing up, I read a lot. Like that was a, a standard, you know. But he put that in, and he always he was uh, always for education. He always drilled in. Oh, you have to do it, do it. You know, he was a little bit more rough with it, but he. Right. Let's say different, different times, different right. parenting skills, you know? Right. And, you know, I always say, I always look back, I said, man, you know, like how am I saw my father? We, we weren't really because he was a different style, you know? And it's not until he was later on and he was he was um getting down and we had a conversation. I was like, man, you know, how come? He was like, listen, when you when you was um growing up, say, I was busy trying to make things better for you all. Yeah. I was like, damn. Said that choked me out right here. <laughs> right, right. And and that's the truth. No problem, man. Take your time, Lee. Take your time. True story. Uh, sorry. That was a true story. Yeah. But there with kids, that's something you have to make sure with the kids. Train them up. And, and they'll be good. 
Please, man. I can see your passion. I can see your love, and I couldn't pick a better person to interview today. I mean, I, I, you got me want to tear off on the radio right now because you know <laughs> it's. I can see. I can feel your passion, and no, I, 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 I can. Listen, I always say about if yeah. you, if you have kids, when the time comes, spend time with them. Yeah. Talk to them. Yeah. And spend time because man, the kids grow so fast. Like my kids were. To me, they were babies yesterday. Now they're grown. And it's so it's so it's so funny because I remember like one day me and my daughter were driving in her car and she was like, we listened to um the radio station and she was like, Dad. We listened to some of the radio station, she was saying they that they were giving the example of an eagle. He was like, you know what an eagle, they have their their checks on nests. He said at a certain time, when they get B, they just push them out. Yeah. He said, Do we have to realize as parents that we Raise children, not keep them. You raise children to let them go. Right. I was like, here we go. Man, I think I, I can have these kids forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I think now, I, I because they're growing now, I'm looking forward to being a grandfather because I get to enjoy my kids again just as they go home at the end of the day. Right, exactly, right. <laughs> you know, I, was just, yeah. I always say, listen, I'm going to be laughing at you all many days when you'll have your all your children and they doing the same thing as you're doing to me. Right. I'm gonna laugh your mini day. I ain't like what you making noise for. Right. <laughs> you understand? I look forward to that day, man, because awesome. yeah, trust me, man. See, I have my final question to you and this is totally off topic. Well not really. because um, I think it ties in. I like to throw in a random question at the end of my shows. Yeah, and that question is if you can turn back the hand of time and talk to your eighteen year old self what would you tell him? Save your money. <laughs> <laughs> if I could go back in time, least save your money. Right. Trust me. If I, I think we all have that that same thing. You know, but save your money and um, man, when I grew up it was a different time, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, I don't want to quote Greg on the team, but back then, working in the thing was a big job. Working in the bank. And that was that was tough. You got my job. You get a job. You get a, a job in in Scotia Park. Man, he's he's king of the king of the town. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get a little little Sally call, a little Supra. You run the show, man. <laughs> but we never had that like how it is now, where you have um so much um young entrepreneurs who they have a platform. Yeah. Back then, we weren't taught that hey, you can start your business or you can do it. No, you got to go. And work in the right, bank. You, yeah. gotta, you have to work. Right. There was never that push to say, "Hey, own your own your own thing," you know. Yeah. But now you have so much. Like I go on Instagram now. There's there's so much people, man. I mean, people like I think the ones I follow the most. I was I always have to say like Nathan's man because I tell Nathan he takes the, the, the best pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those cheesecake Nathan's. Um, of course, the more popular ones like Crackpot. Um, yeah. Just new ones like um, I follow like Live Active and yeah. Tipsy Hughes and Harbor nice. House and yeah. I mean, it's just, just so the the it's it's amazing to watch because I just can imagine what's what it's going to be like next some um, ten years from now. Right. I think that's one last thing about the pandemic was it brought about a lot of, of entrepreneurs. Of I saw that as you know? well. Yeah. And I was a person, even if you remember, 
starting to remember always, man, please keep your quality yeah. in your customer service at number one because, yes. yes, it's good to start a business and I love city, how you said customer service. Customer service is yeah. serious and the quality because I've seen people start businesses and what you see on Instagram and Facebook ain't what you get in person. Right. You know? But I think you have to always keep that in mind. And I mean, as like I say, it's just so much business, man. Yeah. You know? So yeah. much. Yeah, I, I believe we need some sort of entrepreneurship conference now in the Turks Kings Island. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a lot of new entrepreneurs, and like you said, um, um, saving your money, which ties into financial literacy. Yep. Yeah, I think um, we also need to to uh, teach this to the new generation. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, strategies to, on how to manage your finances. Yeah, like it, it, it's, um, it's a process. Like yeah. I say, when you first get into it, I think now with um because of social media, a lot of people just they get into it for the likes. You say yeah, songs you yes. gotta do if they love, you know the likes. Yeah. I mean, you can be popular. People are fickled. Yeah, uh, they like you today, tomorrow. Yeah, they want something a little bit more tasty. They want something. And I think that's that has been my constant struggle. because I'm constantly trying to find new ways to reinvent or stay relevant. I mean, when the pandemic came, I was like, you know what, I, I pack in the shop out because I my sales are dead. There are no more tourists coming to the country. Obviously, nobody's going to want to buy a shirt or hat. At this time, everybody's trying to conserve. So right. I had to sit back and think hard. And I was like, people want masks. Right. So I had to go. Put, I have one of your masks. You have to plop yeah. the sketch pad and a saw sketch and <laughs> go to the computer and start designing. And they had to find a supplier. And yeah, you're like, okay. I feel like I'm going to buy these things, no? Yeah. So you always have to, no matter how hard things get, you always have to look at, somebody always, and this, I think this is a model that I live by, no. Don't think about a problem, think about a solution. Yes. Trust yeah. me, anytime you're faced with a problem, or don't focus on that, put the energy in the solution. And you best believe, when you start talking, when you start thinking about it, that solution comes to you like, like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. I have these things what I call moments, I know it's just me with me, but I do ideas that it just when they happen, I just know it's gonna be a hit. Right. You know? Yeah. Lee, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to mm -hmm. come on Born to Lead and have this enlightening conversation with me. My main takeaway from the discussion was communication Perfect. and exactly. being a, a strong support system for your children. It ties into the new my Space Jam movie with LeBron James, um, where he um, had to listen to his son yep. and listen to the dreams and ambitions of his son yep. and, and stop trying to force his ideas on him. So um, communication, and I believe a lot of fathers and parents must must harness this this formula. I believe it's a it's a key element to their success. Can I just say one quick thing, though? Go ahead, though. As a parent, I've always said to people, don't let social media raise your children. Okay, yes, yes. 